I'm watching Billy Porter grow wings at the Met Gala. She be dipped in gold, strut across this land like ain't nobody stopped this movement, this shimmer. This glow so deep it wake each grandmother asleep. She shout out, bitch, whack. And the sea begins to take shape. A flood ain't never stopped all this beauty. You fuck him up. Ugh. Ugh. Let these groans be your intro into the dope shit that's about to happen. Welcome to Which Witch Are You, a podcast where two Black mystics explore gender, sexuality, and all the magic that is within the queer body. I'm Maisha. My son? It's Manhattan. Tequila shots are my moon, and I am a Negroni rising. My name is Imani Sims. I am the dubious co-host, a.k.a. the Bar Witch. My son is still in Toronto. I think my moon today is a, a stiff shot of fancy-ass sipping rum. And my rising sign is <laughs> a Tokyo tea. Okay. <laughs> Wait, the rum one is, does that, no, that's a brandy glass. What fancy glass do you get for rum? I think you just drink fancy rum out of a highball glass. Hmm. Right? Because whiskey has the hilarious ones. Uh, fancy sipping rum. Yeah, what does that look like? That's the thing. That's the thing you can easily Google. It is. Oh, yeah. It's just a highball glass. Ooh. You can also put it in a lowball. I um, guess that's fun, too. Yeah. It's just a little lowball. You can also... Are there photos of it in uh, actually a in a scotch glass? In a sipping scotch glass? Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't put it in there. I don't think the that... The weird tulips? Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. rum is aromatic enough to be in that. But, you know... To each his own. I yeah. support your choices as you all sip on things in the world. And I don't think the glass really does anything. I, you know, the only <laughs> I glass I truly glasses, believe in. I'm, right? I think that's what it is. I think that the, cla- the, the glasses are shaped so that people can't afford them. 100. Classism. Making sure I can't have nice shit. <laughs> <laughs> Since the beginning of time. I also think the only glass that really does much is a wine glass, but... And a red wine glass at that. But other than that. Eh, As a firm believer cup. of drinking all booze out of whatever closest <laughs> drinking <laughs> container is next <laughs> to you. Cider in a camping mug. Yes. <laughs> Cocktails in a literally any glass. <laughs> so I do like a cocktail out of a mug. I like mugs. I think so all like of my things. Like I, just, I think I just like mugs. <laughs> Got happening. me this time. <laughs> Amani. Yes. Tell me why you started us, started us off with this poem. Oh, I wanted to start with this poem because I think 
whenever I need to like feel fully in my fucking queer ass body, I just like scroll through photos of Billy Porter um, because Billy Porter is a fucking icon. Okay. And I have seen them move so fluidly through gender presentation on the red carpet, which very few folks have done, right? Like, it's hard to do well. Janelle Monet is one of them that does really well. Lena Waith, I think Lena Waith moves through it really well. Wow. <laughs> but that kind of a yeah. I I heard I heard all the things. Um, but I'm just a really big fan of the fact that last year at the Met Gala, Billy Porter literally had men carrying them on top of a like a slab. I don't know what those things are called. There's a name for those things. Palanquin. Sure. Um... Yes. Let's go with palanquin. You know, somebody will correct us if it's not a palanquin. Um... <laughs> it's me. I will correct us. <laughs> right. Perfect. And then proceeded to like unfold into these big ass gold wings that were attached to the arms of this gold bodysuit. Um, and I. I find that um, sometimes the LGB community can be really limiting as far as um, gender presentation and how to move through that and how uh, they're just roles that are assigned. Um, and I'm not, I'm not into it. Um, I saw this post on Instagram. I'm like following some like random lesbian account on Instagram and I can't pronounce their name otherwise I would call them the fuck out but Mm -hmm. um, the post says IDK how I feel about in quotations Packers if I can't fuck on it don't wear it because I'm breaking that shit the fuck off in my coochie (sighs) I just need a moment of silence because I literally almost flew into the comments and went the (laughs) fuck off but I'm going to go off on this podcast instead because... Fair enough. It's my Palanquine! Yes! <laughs> Palanquine! Oh, God. Okay. Um. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, go off um, on this podcast instead. So, I just... I want to I wanna have a... I want to have a moment of silence for the misguided person who decided that this was funny to post this on Instagram. One. Two. That you came with a list? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Two. Why the fuck does Packers have to be in quotation marks? Bitch, you know what it is? Why? Why we got Why? Why are we doing the act of singling it out, right? Why are we othering this, right? Three. Not every dick is meant to be fucked on. A lesson a message, a word. Like some people use Packers specifically so that they can express their gender and feel good about their bodies. Bitch, why does it always have to be about your pussy and what you're fucking? That's such bullshit. That's such bullshit. And I'm so upset that like we, as I can't even, I now I really can't identify as a lesbian because I'm like, I can't. And I'm finna unfollow the fuck out of this Instagram because like, who the fuck says shit like that? Like, what the fuck? <sighs> I feel so frustrated by the limitations on 
the lesbian psyche and the identification of a dick and its purpose and that being really limited to fucking or not. Like, it's exhausting. It's fucking exhausting. And whoever did this, get your fucking life. Google that shit. Also, just just get your fucking life. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Because if you can't fuck it, don't wear it. Like, <laughs> rude. How fucking limiting is that? And how dare you tell someone that they can't express themselves in the way that they want to express themselves because you can't fuck it, bitch. It's not all about your fucking coochie. Get the fuck out of here. I'm so mad. Like, it wears me out. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm done going off about that now. But if you do want a packer that you can wear and also have sex with, they're a real thing. See, shout out to Big Daddy Daddy having <laughs> the plug. I'm saying. Pack and play. Packers are a real thing. Peacock, I think, is the company that makes them. Oh, wow. So, yeah, no? You got options. And I also think Peacock makes different, like, colors. There used to be a company that would make, like, colors for, like, different skin tones. And you can, like, send, like, closest skin tone swatches and then get, like, your packer made to match your skin. Right? Yes. Also, like, cis heterosexism gets us, you know, it seeps into your bodies and brains and you don't recognize that you've been fucked up to to think sex is supposed to be right about getting off and getting off in only one particular way and that there can be no other thing related when it comes to genitals a word thank you for bringing us back from my very ranchy tangent to a very centered grounded accepting place i mean ratchet tangent is the name of your album amani (laughs) (laughs) facts facts And that's why I like Billy Porter. <laughs> yes. Because they're fucking amazing and I live. Uh, such a great poem. Thanks for starting us out. Awesome. Yeah. Nope. Whatever words that was. <laughs> <laughs> All the things. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for starting us off so well and so queer and kind. There you go. I linked Peacock products in our show notes. So Excellent. <laughs> So that if you need it, please go seek it out, you know? I don't know. Maybe it will make a post. Dear Peacock Products, pay us. Exactly. Please and thank you. Yeah. That'd be everything. You know, or at least free Packers. And then I would, you know, have a grand time being like, wow, look how great this Packer is on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) On this podcast. Mm -hmm. So the like 38 people. <laughs> I know several people who just wear Packers on a day to day and you know, mm-hmm. free Packers sounds great. I'll just be like, free I Packer got a free Packer. Great. Do you need one? Also great YouTube resources on how to make with household items. Uh, oh. A word. Mm-hmm. Know a lot about nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> All the facts in Maisha's brain. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what this <laughs> That's what I got. Fan-fucking-tastic. So the first time I heard you read this poem was in Seattle. And we were at... Was it the goth event? I think it was... No, it's hard because it's Seattle. So I'm like, is it a goth event? Or is it just like a lot of white people are here? And I can never actually... know. Like, I can't 
I can't tell the difference. Oh, was it a what you call it? Was it um for that poetry event, the poet, the poetry crawl? It might have been. See again, how can I tell the difference between a goth event and the poetry call- crawl? They look the same. They do. They look the same. <laughs> oh, it might have been that goth event. It it might have been where the goth event. Just shout out to La Petite Mort's anthology of erotic esoterica. I love that show. I'm in it at least a couple times a year. So any of those ones, and no one was ready. I mean, no one ever queer. really is. <laughs> there never are. It was so so great and so queer. So I'm so excited. That's how we're starting today, and also to call out people who aren't down to open their ideas of what queer means. Words. So so much more, and Billy Porter is an amazing example of that. Facts. Emily, tell me about writing that poem. I actually wrote that poem for The Grind um, for a long time, for almost 10 years. I've been writing a poem a day. Um, and uh, Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, I've been writing a poem a day since 2012. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's so many poems. That's so many. Fu- it's so many fucking poems. That's a math amount of poems. I'm, I'm tired of the sound of my own voice. Um. <laughs> on the page I am I, I really am and so I took a break last summer um for a while and then I came back to it in February or this month um because I needed an outlet if I can't if I can't have consistent orgasms I need to be like putting something on the paper because otherwise this gets it gets real <laughs> oh it gets real congested in here um so which which oh a kid um I have to move the energy out of my body mm-hmm. and writing is a good way for, to, for me to move the energy out of my body. That's almost 3000 poems, by the way. Holy shit. I, I mean, I don't know where probably half of those are, but I mean, probably <laughs> my email somewhere, but it's That's a lot. Um, but anyway, I wrote it for the grind. Um, and then it started becoming the opening poem when I'm going to do some really queer ass shit in a white space, mm-hmm. do some really queer ass shit in a, um, in a black space that isn't necessarily queer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's become my hi, everyone. I'm queer. <laughs> <laughs> and then I proceed to tell them how I'm queer. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of become uh, my opening prayer um, before a lot of things that I do these days. So Nice. Yeah, shout out to Billy Porter being an angel on my, you know, left shoulder being like, yeah, fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Really the angel that we all need on our shoulders. Legit. Oh my gosh, Touch by an Angel would have, been, would have been such a better show if it was Billy Porter. Hello? <laughs> okay, make that a remake. That's the remake I'll see. Fuck a Friends remake. Give me Touch by an Angel, but the angel's Billy Porter. Yes. I'm in support of this, and I want to say yay and amen to that. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. All right. Well, I don't know who we got to talk to for that show, but I'm watching it. I don't either. Um, but if they need a plug, let me know. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to. We can revisit this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I guess we were going to talk about 
our connection to the tarot individually. Yeah. Do you want to talk about, um, I would love to know one, when you started like pulling tarot mm-hmm. um, and how that connection has grown for you. And extended. Yeah. Hey, yeah, let's move into Witch Bitch. Hey, hey <laughs> Witch Bitch is the section where we witches bitch about the things uh, in life, in the world, uh, and also talk about uh, our experiences with witchy-ass shit. So let's talk about witch bitchy-ass things. Yeah. So this week, uh, we're talking about our connection to tarot at the end of every episode. We pull our cards, and then we realize that we never talked about why we pull our cards, how we got to um, navigating uh, mystic elements with uh, oracle or tarot cards. Um, so we decided to take some time to do that today. Woo! All right. Oh, my, you should go. Yeah. Um, so for myself, I actually didn't start pulling tarot cards until 2000 and I want to say 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. So really recent, I was in grad school and I got um, my first deck with a classmate. Um, we decided to explore it together. It was really cute. Um, but we, we started playing cards together, just like learning um, together, which was really fun. Uh, but before that, I actually always use cards as a way of helping me navigate hard choices and decisions. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had a deck of cards from my grandmother when I went off to college, right? And I'm like, I don't know what to do about this thing. And yeah. I will pull two cards. Red for yes, black for no. And sort of help navigate that. And then I'm like, queen of hearts? Fuck does that mean? <laughs> Fuck is that? Yeah. Um, so I've used cards for a while to, like, help me navigate situations and conversations and ideas that I've been mulling around um Mm -hmm. but my first my first tarot deck right capital t right instead of the bicycle playing cards I had um, (laughs) was a a super queer deck I'm really stoked that actually all of my my decks have been really queer Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, I had Christy Rhodes deck was my first deck it's a good deck yeah. Shout out to Christy C. Road. You're mm-hmm. a real one. Because it's everything. And if you haven't seen it, it's so good. So, so amazing. So queer. Next World Tarot um, is that deck. And um, I saw it on Instagram and um, I followed Zero uh, for a while, like for music and queer art. Um, so I was really stoked to see a tarot deck I've never seen before um, that just like embodied a lot of rad queer imagery and um, ideas. Uh, so I thought that'd be a really nice place to start off for myself. And at first it was, it was like a good place to like learn what the different cards meant. But for me, that card was like really, really heavy. Mm-hmm. So it was like really, it was really hard for me to like keep using in a daily practice. Mm-hmm. So then I moved um, to another um, artist who's a Seattle artist who makes a beautiful um, deck with uh, the different, uh, like, different bodies in it, like, vary in gender and size, um, and most of them are all POCs, um, which I still really appreciate, and this deck was, like, this is my really at-home deck. Next World mm-hmm. Tarot is, like, I let people use that, I don't know. 
Um, but if I'm really trying to get into it, uh, I might switch it up. And then with you, Amani, in 2018 is when we got uh, the Threads of Fate Oracle decks. Wow, was that two years ago? Really? A year ago? 2019? I think it was 2019. Okay, well, to be fair, I definitely thought it was 2019 right now. So, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but yeah, so we um, got, next, uh, got Threads of Fate Oracle deck. And that's the one that um, we got to use together. What about you? Yep. I actually have a question before mm-hmm. I talk about that. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, Thanks. why was that card hard for you? So yeah, so the cards just like felt emotionally heavy. Mm. I kept finding just like a lot of, I just kept internalizing sad things out of them. Mm-hmm. No matter what my cards were. And I was like, I don't know if this is the one that will continue to hold me best. Mm-hmm. Right, although the art's spectacular and I'm like, can I buy prints? I feel like I can buy prints. I have to be able to. Of Christie's deck? Yeah. Oh yeah, you definitely can. Oh, and I will. Because <laughs> it's so such good. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. My favorite, I think, is the Queen of Cups in that deck. Mm. Um, it's fucking beautiful. I think what that deck does really well is does a great job at really um, internalizing in the cards the emotion of mm. right? the emotion of tarot. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that that was really great. And I, I don't think that that's where I needed to be when I started. <laughs> 100. Yeah. <laughs> I think I probably could now. Mm-hmm. Um. They're very descriptive cards. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was room for some interpretation. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're pulling the Nine of Swords in that deck, you cannot, you will not find a happy thing to see in that imagery. <laughs> Mm-mm. I mean, it's, that's most yeah. Nine of Swords, though. But, you like, know. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember actually when I started this journey. Um, I was definitely in my twenties. I, I mean, it's been at least ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's been at least ten years. Um, I have had several decks. Um, I had, all of my decks have been created. My early decks um, were created by non-black folk. Mm-hmm. Um, my very first deck was uh, the Rider Waite Tarot. It was actually okay. the, it was the Aquarian deck. Sounds about right. Um, yeah, I mean, hello. So, <laughs> um, I started there, and I didn't like that the images were so gendered. Mm-hmm. So I moved to using that as like a a deck that I could write poems on the back of and hand out to people. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is and very then, cute. Yeah, so then I moved to this deck that had, like, it didn't have faces at all in it. I don't even mm-hmm. remember the name of the deck. I think it was called, like, the Soul Deck or something mm-hmm. like that. And it was just, like, these white ghost-like figures. <laughs> it was really weird. All right. So I had that deck for a really long time and then uh, left that deck and or gave that deck away. I actually gifted that deck to someone. And then I got um, the... Yeah. Oh, I got the Wild Unknown. Thank you. There it is. Um, I got the Wild Unknown Tarot deck. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that deck really spoke to me because I really love animals. And it was really easy for me to connect with uh, the emotions of the cards through animals. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't have to gender them. Mm -hmm. The gendering thing is really fucking hard for me. Um, I mean, even though, yes, mm-hmm. I I identify as a fucking, I ask them and often present as one. Um, it's just, I, it feels yeah. a little limiting in the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I have just been collecting decks. I think yeah. <laughs> I have so many decks, but the deck that does what the... Oh, that's um, on decks the Chrissy C. Rowe deck does for you mm-hmm. is actually the Dust to Onyx deck for me. Oh. That deck is, f- I don't go into that deck unless I need my ancestors <laughs> to snatch my fucking edges. Cause it's just hard. It's like, for me, it'd be like, bitch, look at yourself. And I'd be like, oh, but I, <laughs> can it be cute when I look at myself? God damn. And it'd be like, nah, bro. <laughs> it just is what it is. So I even bought the travel deck too, hoping that I could like massage <laughs> some sweetness out of this deck. But this deck be like, bow, look at yourself, bow, look at yourself. It's just, it's real. So I don't pull from that deck often. But that's the Onyx, like as a as a deck. Oh, we should also beautiful. Like that. We yes. will. It's a beautiful black deck. There's just so much great black and African imagery throughout Terra right and like tarot as a practice has so many like different iterations and and roots and people are going to be like but there were roots in like europe and yes right but like also like mm-hmm. middle eastern roots right and where did it travel and who right magic can't be claimed or named right hello so that's the onyx onyx deck so like one of the the ones that i'm like it's an aspirational deck that i'm like i know that i am not ready <laughs> Woo. It sounds like also you're not ready. <laughs> I mean, when I got the deck, it's so fucking beautiful. Also, shout out to Courtney Alexander, who is um, the Black person who created the deck, originally built these pieces as art pieces and then turned these multimedia pieces into this deck. Um, and it's so infused with Black culture, Black references, um, it's just just niggas everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And <laughs> I use so that term so lovingly um, because it was the first time I could sit with a deck and see so much of myself, see so much of my lineage, so much of my culture. Um, so yeah, if you don't have the Destonix deck, you should holla at it because it's amazing. Hmm. Um, but it's also, you got to be fucking ready. That shit is, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I think uh, now we both have two similar decks, right? We have mm-hmm. decks that are siblings, right? Threads of Fate Oracle deck and then Threads of Fate um, Weaver Tarot. Yes, which I also, I like a lot more for like my daily pulls. It's a lot gentler. Mm-hmm. It's the kind, I mean, you know, none of my cards are nice to me, so. I mean, they keep telling you the same thing. My cards are always like, yeah, so you're just going to keep fucking up? All right. <laughs> All right, cool. okay. That's cool. We just wanted to give you other options. No, no, no. All right. <laughs> Great. We'll, we'll keep talking about this. We'll come back to this. <laughs> Omani, how do your cards talk to you? How do you navigate um, your the intuition, a part of pulling your cards? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, 
for me, I look at tarot as a form of divination, right? It's a way for me to pull down really concrete examples of what I hear already. Like mm-hmm. I call them my counsel. So uh, when I talk about my counsel, I talk about like a set of guides who are the ones who liaison for me in the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. And then they're like my ancestors tribe who rock with me, roll with mm-hmm. me. And there's always someone talking, which I know sounds like I might be a little crazy, but in reality, I'm just clairaudient and that's how I hear, I hear things. I hear a mm-hmm. lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the tarot is a good way for me to like ask a question, pull an answer out of the ethos mm-hmm. and then for them to translate what it is that I just pulled. And a lot of times they'll give me little tidbits about like what this means for the person that's in front of me. Um, so my counsel will then talk to whomever is sitting in front of me, their ancestors or their counsel about what it is that I need to relay. Um, and I become kind of a, um, a conduit, a medium through the tarot, which is um, helpful because then I have a way to focus all that energy. Otherwise, I'm just literally listening to people's guides all the fucking time, which mm. I don't know if I want to be that deep of a medium, you know? That's not hard. Um, it is. It, I, don't, I won't call it hard. I will call, it's noisy. Mm-hmm. It's just noisy. And the tarot for me helps me focus that um, okay. helps me talk about it with a framework mm-hmm. I think what are, how how do you intuitively look into the deck yeah I think for me it's a good portion of the time it's accessing knowledge that I I have or know Ooh. right so I I am not someone Ooh. who reads cards say it again um, <laughs> I don't read my cards and go Ah, uh, yes, this is my, my fortune, right? Even when I ask, like, a, a question, right, or have, like, a thing I'm trying to get to, it's a way of navigating um, and usually accessing knowledge that I've been, like, keeping for myself or, you know, imposter syndrome just sort of forgot, anxiety side of being like, I don't know if I can, right? It's a really helpful way in navigating a situation with another perspective. And for me, my Oracle deck or my tarot cards are pulling in a different perspective. And most of the time I have that perspective. I just needed to hear it from someone else, which is why my cards aren't nice. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Right. But even when I'm like, when I'm reading cards for people at at bars, right. Cause you know, that's my favorite place to pull my cards is. Hello. It's the best place the to pull cards. <laughs> right. I have my I have my altar in um in the bedroom where I also pull my cards, right? But I do love it. I love it. I love pulling my cards in a bar. Hello. Maybe at a smooth five o'clock happy hour where just people are just beginning to get there. <laughs> and then just like whip out a deck. Yes. Yes. <laughs> pulling my cards, having a grand time with whatever cocktail. Um, it's the best. It's a great feeling. You get to like take a good, you know, look into your cards. And if you're lucky, someone's gonna buy you a drink to read their cards. Or they're just gonna Venmo you, which um shout out to Venmo and Cash App. <laughs> <laughs> I know you get requisitioned all the time in a bar to read people's cards. Yeah, you get a line and shit. <laughs> I like that laugh because it's true. <laughs> Whatever. It happens. 
I'm like, oh, cool. I'm hanging out with money. Just kidding. Amani's working. Okay. Well. <laughs> the accuracy, though. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's yeah. real. I, I want to ask about um, intuitive knowing, because I think mm-hmm. the tarot is a way to intuitively know, right? Mm-hmm. To tap into your brand of magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to ask like a general question about intuition. How do you know your own intuition? Like, how did you meet your intuition? That's hard. I have so much anxiety (laughs) (laughs) that recognizing my own intuition as valid is really hard. One way that I can do that is sort of when I stop overthinking. Um, so I am thinking all the time, a lot about everything forever. Um, this shows up in ridiculous ways and like how I work. So if I am working on something, I need to be overstimulated so I can focus, right? Because I can't, I can't hyper-focus on anything. There's too many things happening. And then I do great. (laughs) Um, so like the same thing with my intuition, because I'm already thinking about so many things all the time and I'm, um, just like constantly going over things in my, my head, it's hard to pull out the intuition on its own. So I have to sort of get rid of some of those other bits of noise that's happening or other constant thoughts. And um, tarot is one way that helps me focus that. Um, and, it, and it takes a second, right? It takes a second for me to get in, to tap into that. And maybe it's not like right away, right? So I pulled my cards and on the bus, I'm like, oh, dang. That is how that is connected. Great job, me. (laughs) Um, And I think, like, one of the hard parts about, like, imposter syndrome and anxiety and and stress is that you are taught to push back your intuition, right? The initial feelings, right? Because, like, intuition is the first type of knowledge right the the feel right and that's like the first place that like as humans in our society especially as like people who are socialized um as girls as femmes as um women um are taught to negate their behavior Mm -hmm. so like that oh i i feel this way about a thing or like i would like to step in this room or i don't want to hug someone right or i don't want to approach something um, is the first place that we're socialized to ignore. Mm-hmm. So like tapping into intuition is really hard. And I like recognize that it is really hard for me to do all the time. It is easier for me to recognize my intuition when I need to be intuitive for others. Mm. And that's the same part of that, like internalized misogyny, right? <laughs> so for me, Tapping into my intuition and recognizing my intuition has is a part ritual, right? Mm. Um, it is taking time to recognize that the first thought I have is true and valid. And I can mm-hmm. hold on to that. Mm-hmm. And then I can hyperthink, like overthink about anything later, right? Yeah. <laughs> but sort of hang on to that first bit, right? Because that's what, that's what intuition is. It's your mental reaction to a thing. I have a follow-up question. Great. <laughs> my follow-up question is for those of the listeners who um may not quite have their heads around mm-hmm. internalized misogyny um mm-hmm. 
and what that looks like. Do would you like to drop your fucking knowledge on them? Yeah. Just very quickly. Just what, like, boom. This is what knowledge. I put forty eight K on. One <laughs> hundred, which is why I was like, so are you gonna use that degree or not? Nah? <laughs> Let's talk about internalized misogyny. Internalized misogyny it can show up in a lot of different ways, right? Um, but it's similar to like internalized racism or internalized homophobia. It is still the idea that you're lesser than, not valid, weak compared to, right? Mm-hmm. Cis men and masculine things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> the depth of that statement continue yeah so which is why like intuition can be really hard to tap into and equally right can be really hard to tap into for people socialized boys men or masculine right because you've always been told that you're right but you don't know how to connect to the the feeling parts of that right Mm -hmm. you've always told that your actions are right but never that your feelings are Mm -hmm. feelings are feminine because those are the only people who have feelings. Um, <laughs> so, so intuition can be, is, is hard to recognize because our society inundates us in feelings aren't valid and feelings make you weak. So like, how do you fully connect to your intuition? I think that's what tarot really helps me do as a, as a practice for like my well-being. Mm-hmm. It's sort of break away from that. Amani. Yes. Hi. When you, how do you address your cards when you are going to pull cards? What does that look like for you? I'm a bitch that like asks what deck like wants to talk to me Mm -hmm. and I'll just sort of feel it out. I also travel with at least two to three decks, no matter where I am. Because at any given moment, one of them can connect to another person mm-hmm. more than another. And I don't ever want to be ill-prepared. But mostly when I'm pulling cards for myself, I am asking um, who who is talking. Um, and sometimes I have really long relationships, right? Like really long daily relationships with decks. And sometimes it's just a day. And then I go back to a deck that I was using four days ago. Mm-hmm. Um but it's a conversation, I guess, mm-hmm. for me. Because um, every deck has its own personality, has its own energy, has its own purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I really like to be in consensual relationship with my decks. Um, especially because they're divining tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there could be a message that uh, one deck can communicate better than the other. So I'm I'm often asking questions. Um, of my decks and who's got the clearest answer I think I think one of the hardest things when I first started um, pulling my cards and there were pulls that I have to do where I have to pull my cards in this way and shuffle another way and do a thing under the the waning moon and then do a different thing for a waxing moon No, Um, but not the harvest moon and, and oh I no, was really, there's a snow moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was really stressed out about, like, what that's supposed to be. Do you have any pulls that you do or any of those things? 
Uh, typically, if I'm pulling in public, I pull a three-card spread in general because mm-hmm. um, that gives me enough information to translate and um, also gives me a good idea for the person that I'm sitting in front of. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I will... I, oh, every year, though, I do a full 12-card spread because mm-hmm. uh, I like to see what's in front of me. I did that in two decks this year, and I, they were like, bitch, we already said it. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so anyway, anyway. We oh, two, about years that in a row. two years in a row, we pulled our 12 together. Aww. Cute. Cute. That's cute. That is cute. <laughs> okay, so 12, 12 cards, one each for the month, and then three mm-hmm. if you're in public. Yes. Um, um, I also tend to pull at a moon, whether it's mm-hmm. the full or the new, it's always one or the other. It just mm-hmm. depends on where I'm at in the world. Um, sometimes there are spreads that will like pop up on Instagram and I'll be like, oh, that was on purpose. Let me see if I can pull this spread. Like for Mercury retrograde, I pulled this mm-hmm. spread and I was like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, that's a rough one. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know what to do with this. Um, but that was still just a three card spread. So it depends on the mood. I also mm-hmm. like, in general, if you're pulling cards out there, like every deck has a set of spreads in the guidebook. So like check out the spreads that were built for the deck because that's the best way to get to know a deck mm-hmm. is pull a spread that was built for it. And also listen to your fucking guides. What the fuck? They will tell you how many cards you need to pull. <laughs> like, are you listening? These are the questions. So it just depends on the day. Yeah. I mean, I started pulling uh, three cards as a way of understanding and then pulling a card every day mm. just to learn the cards and learn what they mean. I have a question. Yeah. Why is the three card spread for you a way of understanding? Uh, my three card spread is uh, one that I use because I'm like, this makes the most sense to me. Mm. Um, but I don't I don't do the linear time. Mm-hmm. Past, oh. present, future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I use for mine. And I've like, I've pulled my three cards on the podcast before. I pull a guide, right? My guiding card, uh, my what to know, right? My, my mental knowledge card, and then my action card. That is like enough information for me to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like for new moons or um, changes in seasons, I'll pull like a different spread Sometimes other mystics will be like, yo, this is a dope spread I'm looking at. And I'm like, I'll try it out. Uh, it's neat to have a different perspective and guides on what the cards could mean. But for me, it's really just like that spread was easiest and felt best for me. Sometimes I pull just like a single card. It's really just like about what felt good and what's easy to digest and understand from other cards are trying to tell me. Sometimes yeah. if I like have like six cards in front of me, I'm like, great. It now just looks like very pretty pictures, and I can't get a um, lot from anyway. it. <laughs> uh, can you talk about that feeling, especially because we're talking about intuition and tarot together? Um, what is that feeling? How do you know when you're pulling the right thing? What does that feel like in your body? Uh, so, you know, for like a white elephant where you got to choose a gift? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Totally. You're like, I don't know why I want this box, but I want this one. It's here. Yep. <laughs> and I it want it. Like. Right? Like a little bit of a heart twinge. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like this. 
same feeling when you have to, you know, pick a card of a deck for like a magic trick or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why I wanted this one. This is the one. And if for you, that's like, I'm every 12 cards, the card I want. Great. That's what feels that, good. That's great, too. <laughs> I just go off of the weird white elephant gift feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come up with a better name for that. I think we should just... Some people would call that intuition, but I'm going with white elephant. (laughs) The weird white elephant feeling? Yeah. I'm in support. (laughs) So, we asked last episode, told last episode, or episode before that, that you all could DM us your charts and we would read them on air. Uh, And that is what we're fixing to to do. It's happening. (laughs) It's about to happen. It's happening. Um, we got someone's chart, uh, which is really exciting. And also when I'm talking about the chart, I'm talking about a natal chart, um, which is basically uh, the snapshot of the sky when you were born, um, when you were brought into the breathing, the living space and what the sky looked like. And the way that the sky looked then impacts the life path that you're on. Um, and there are lots of numerological life paths, right? Like, um, you can add your birth date up um, straight across and that will give you your life path number in numerology. I'm talking specifically about astrological uh, positioning um, and how that positioning affects um, the work that you're doing this lifetime. So uh, the chart, I want to make this short and sweet. I want to make it concise because I could read a person for filth and I love doing that but you can book a reading with me if you would like a full reading because I will I will definitely give you your life um which is a full experience that I (laughs) I say buy one for a friend just so you can sit there and watch okay I'm gonna do uh so the chart that we're reading I mean shout out to fucking this human so this person sent me their chart and I mean it's a it's a mood it's a whole mood. So it's a whole mood because they have four planets in Aquarius, <laughs> which, oh God, Lord, help everyone with more <laughs> than two planets in Aquarius. Um, but their moon is in Leo. Um, okay. Which, and then their rising sign is in Libra. So there's just a lot going on. So let's talk about the four planets that are in Aquarius. So in general, in Aquarius uh, is the masculine, quote unquote, um, of the air signs. It is masculine. It's also a fixed sign, which means it's stubborn. We don't move a whole lot. Don't nobody give a fuck. It's very clear about what it wants. And so the planets that it uh, the aspects, these signs, um, then affect how this person interacts with the aspects of the planet. When we're talking about aspects of a planet, a planet has its own personality, got its own shit going on, doing what the fuck it wants to do, is at home and in love in a very specific sign. And when oh. you pull that planet out of that sign, it creates an aspect in the chart which either complements it or is in tension with it or just is a full-on hell to the motherfucking nah it it, it creates a dynamic right and so oh my gosh i'm learning so many things 
I know so many. I know too many. Anyway, I'm still learning. So um, I'm going to give you my quick and dirty version. But so the four planets in this chart that are in Aquarius are um, the sun sign, which is basically how uh, when you're born into the world, that's the moment you're born, which means you were born into the sign of Aquarius. So at your root or at your third chakra, your gut, you, uh, this person is an Aquarius, um, which means they do their own thing, want to disrupt things. They want to make sure that they are um, creating a loving, but also a balanced and revolutionary thing, right? Like it, it's required of the Aquarius uh, as the water bearer. We carry space for everyone else's shit so that we can create a new thing. Um, but then also the Venus, Mercury, and Mars is in Aquarius, which is like, bitch. (laughs) Um, so Mars is the masculine of the planet of the love planets. So when they're doing, uh, yeah, the Venus and Mars are the masculine and feminine of the love planets. But I swear, I mean, that's what they say. Mm -hmm. Mars and Venus are the love planets. Sure. Let's go with it. I mean, Mars is a passion planet and passion mm-hmm. is associated with love and all the other shit, whatever. It, gendered again. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So there Mars and Venus is in Aquarius and because both the masculine and feminine and feminine, right, sit in this Aquarius house, that means that the their love languages are going to be super fucking loyal, but also super fucking detached, right? Like uh, the Aquarius doesn't do... Uh, their own feelings they're like yes I will create a container for your fucking feelings I'm about it yes pour into me pour into me pour into this container that I created for you and they'll just hold that space but then that (laughs) also their mercury is in Aquarius so they're also communicating this in a very aloof very like ethereal very detached sense and when I say detached I don't mean rude or unkind when I say detached I mean that there isn't ground beneath them when they communicate a thing and Aquarius they're probably the most I mean this also coming from a quintuple Aquarius we're sort of the most look at you tiny humans having feelings down there and so when I say detached, I mean that the detachment is very like, oh, look at those feelings. Oh, that's cute. And also communicate in that way. Like, oh, these feelings, I felt them. I'm now done with them. Okay. So do we I have mean, other things to do? And is that then, not how you process your feelings? I mean, <laughs> I try not to process my feelings at all, but. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> my therapist is working with me on that. Because I'd be like, do I have to? And she'd be like, Imani, yes, you do. And I'd be like, but why though? She'd be like, because they're real. And I'm like, oh, are they? Have fun in Pisces season. I'm avoiding it. It's fine. But you can't avoid a season. (laughs) Avoiding it. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, okay. So when we talk about like planets and how they aspect the sign, it also we throw the houses into the mix. And so this person's chart in particular, um, there are three planets that sit in the fifth house. And the fifth house is the house of love, romance, 
play creativity. And so to have such a fucking detached... It is the wink wink house, but also to have such a fucking detached ass sign in this house, in like your feminine love planet, in your communication, also in your sun sign. Like, you're always going to be at odds with what you actually need and what you're actually communicating about what you need. So it's it's going to be a lot of fucking drama. Like, it's a lot of fucking drama. The fifth house is the house of drama. So the femme in all of this is like, okay, I saw I'm finna hold this fucking container and you ain't finna say nothing. What the fuck? Also, how are you taking care of me, nigga? Like, it's always gonna be, (laughs) it's always gonna be a mood because there are so many planets sitting in this, like, really combustible, fiery house that this is the, also the house of fertility so when I say combustible I literally mean this is the house of combustion right this is the house where it is a cardinal house so it, it initiates things and sets things on fire and the very detached Aquarius is like I mean yeah I could light this shit on fire or I could not it's just it's, it's real it's moody <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot and then if you uh, so the house is go backwards so I'm told so the the masculine like the way that we pursue right the way that Mm -hmm. we chase after our passions is the Mars planet but that's also an Aquarius in this chart but it also sits in the fourth house and the fourth house is the house of like home roots family self-care emotions so not only is (laughs) like femme Aquarius sitting in this like romance play creativity let's like fuck some shit up let's like some Mm -hmm. shit on fire let's create let's do the thing but your mask sign is like but home though (laughs) also I'm trying to get real soft out here because it's also like the house of femininity and children and emotions so it's just a lot of water for the container in a masculine on a like masculine ass planet Mars is like, but I want to pursue the things that I feel, that I love, that I want, that I desire softly, and I love it. Let's I think I know it. the Sade song. Hey! <laughs> right? Oh, do it, do it. What's the Sade song? No, I think that's it. I feel like that's the song. Is it? Just, if it's not now, dear Sade, make that into a song. <laughs> Thank you, Sade. We adore you. Shout out to you. Uh, so it's it's uh it's emotional. It's it's really emotional, and because these houses are so close together in the same sign, my suggestion is to go to ground. It doesn't fucking help that the Leo is like, yeah, bitch, I got all these fucking feelings. Fuck what you talking <laughs> about? Like the Leo's the feistiest of probably all of us, the most vocally feisty because the Aries is pretty feisty too. But vocally um, feisty of all the fires. I'm saying your emotions being fucking feisty in Leo and then having all the deep feels in an air sign is like, the Leo's like, yeah, bitch, we do feel that. Fuck that shit. (laughs) It just, it's the, it's your hood friend who don't give a fuck about like catching a case on, we got into a fight at a bar. It is. The Leo be like, bitch, what's up? And of course it's like, I'm just trying to hold a container. I'm really just trying to calm down. But the, the Leo's like, fuck that. Nah, <laughs> turn up, bitch. And he's just like, but I'm really trying to calm down. And then all of a sudden, the air sign 
is behind the fire sign and all of a sudden you in the parking lot turned up and the cops <laughs> is running the corner and you're just like, ah, oh, shit, bitch, we gotta go because we done turned up too far in this parking lot. That's literally <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Legit. Amani, what is your suggestion then? Go to ground. That is my suggestion. <laughs> Go to ground. Um, the thing that will balance out a lot of this energy is a lot of earth. Because that's a, what this chart is lacking is a lot of earth. There is some earth here, but it's in the further off planet. It's just harder to access, right? Ooh, bitch, get a meditation practice. Like that's, <laughs> I think, the realest of the real, um, but not a typical meditation practice. I think that one of the things that will aid and love and hold you well is finding a practice literally in the earth, right? Like going to sit in a tree circle once a week, going... Um, to um, a space that is dirty and not dirty in, you know, like the, you know, somebody didn't mop their floors in four weeks. Um, wow. I mean, um, but I mean, dirty like soil. You can put your feet on the ground, put your hands in the ground. You can sit on the ground, the actual ground. I'm um, still mad and... at you about this mop <laughs> <laughs> So I think go to, go to ground, find some some practice that brings you back um, to earth and centers you and brings you stillness, um, which will be difficult because there's not a whole lot of, of earth in your chart, but that's the challenge, right? Learning how to come back into that earth space and that stillness. Um, also, maybe data Taurus, like legit, legit. You know, if you can't find together. any ground, get an earth sign in your life. Get an earth sign. A Virgo might be okay. They might be a little too critical for you, but a Virgo might help. Thanks, also. Omani. That's yeah. so helpful. Thanks for, for helping our friend out there who sent us their chart. And if you want Amani to read your shit. And get into your life? Yeah. Yeah, no? Take a screenshot of your co-star and send it to us. Please, uh, and thank which, you. Which are you? Let's pull these cards. Yeah. So... I switched it up today. Um, oh. We're talking about tarot. I um, am pulling from my Threads of Fate tarot deck. Again, still keeping with my pull, though. I pulled three cards. My guide, uh, my what to know, and my what to do. My guide today is the two of coins. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The conqueror of cups for my now and my ruler of coins. Right for my what to do. Mm, what does that mean for you? So I'm going to do an overview for these because that's what feels the best. Balancing the knowledge access of like physically money. I read two of coins as a means of success instead mm-hmm. of outside of like actual coin or money or pentacles, right? moving away from the monetary or solely monetary aspect of it. Two of cups could be a lot of things, but a part of this spread is really in uh, balancing duality. Conqueror of cups, really navigating, right? Cups are like your, where your, your feel, your, how you hold your feels. Sarid. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wow, the read. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Um, so what to know 
for if we literally translate it right conqueror of space of your emotions right so bounds the duality of the space of your emotions ruler of coins right um charge navigate of success of your growth right which is so much fun for me all the time they really came for you (laughs) they came for your life they always do um so like full takeaway is how are you making sure to balance the duality you hold emotionally physically uh, mentally for your greater success the questions that's really the question the questions what you got Armani the cards did not come to play they did not come to play they never do woo Uh, okay so I am pulling from the archetypes deck because this has just been the deck that's been like what's up bitch and I'm like hey hey girl Um, so I pulled uh, Eros as my first card the starborn as my second the father as my third and underneath the deck is the self Mm. Uh, which (laughs) Ah, I'm going to work backwards I think on this one Um, as I'm like trying to situate myself in in the self right trying to situate myself in this new space that I'm within I've been doing a lot of thinking about my own erotic energy, Mm. um, how I use um, sex as a healing modality, um, how I consider love to be um, a medicine. And so I think that's why Eros came up because I've been doing a lot of sex magic just with my own self. I'm Mm. trying to figure out um, how that works, what that looks like, because I've been going through sound healing sessions that have been taking me through the magic of my bloodline and a lot of the women um, in my bloodline work a lot of love magic. They work a lot of growing love in a really hard constricted space. And so I've been trying to figure out what that, what that feels like for me. Um, And then the starborn is actually the three in the deck in this deck in particular. And I'm a 33, six. So, um, you know, the cards were like, but bitch, hello. Hi. I am also an Aquarius, which is, you know, sort of the out in the in the ethers, up in the air, um, is the star child, right, of the astrological tapestry. Um, and so uh, I think this really speaks to um, giving birth to the potential of what it's going to mean for me to work the magic of my bloodline and what it's going to mean to project that into future generations, right? Project that into um, a sky that isn't here yet. And um, the last, the father is the two in the deck, which is for me is a reminder to slow the fuck down and go backwards and remember what I've already mastered in order to continue this process of becoming, continue this process of knowing Um, and moving forward because I think a lot of my masculine energy I mean out of just because it's it's a lot to navigate so yeah it's a good reminder to slow down 
to slow down and know what I know. Mm-hmm. And you can okay. do it. Are you going to do it too? Okay, pause. We did not come here for that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Your cards are talking to you. Don't try to pull me into this. <laughs> Your cards also said so many things about you. To you. Thanks for listening to Witch Witch Are You. You can follow us on Instagram at underscore Witch Witch Are You. Send us your chart or your cards and we will help you navigate them or basically just have a money read you on air and it's amazing. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew. <laughs>